Smith Show, where we provide you a holistic approach to professional development. I am your announcer, Benny Steiner, and today we have a special guest. Uh, Ricky, you want to introduce? Thanks for bringing me in, brother. Uh, we have a special guest today, longtime friend, uh, David Jones. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor. Oh, it's an honor for us as well. Uh, David and I have gone back for a while. I learned, I first met her in, uh, in the Knoxville area when I was recruiting and, uh, she's, uh, has been implemental and, uh, keep me motivated in like, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, you know, she was, I've always seen her as someone who has went very highly, uh, intelligent as well. Not just intelligent, but very outspoken, a great personality, a uh, very informative, uh, She's uh, great in the community, uh, uh, superb in the community. Uh, but guess what? I'm not going to tell you all the great things. I'll let you uh, hear from her. If you could, David, tell a little bit about yourself and where <laughs> you're from. Excellent. Um, yeah. Well, my name is David Jones, and I am a financial professional. I'm here in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. However, I am licensed in 20, excuse me, 30 states. I have clients in 30 states. I'm from New York, California to Georgia, Florida, all over the country, um, even shoot South Dakota. So I've been very honored to work with a lot of people with their financial planning over the years. And this year makes my 20th year in the industry. Oh, wow. Well, time is flying. I didn't even realize it's been 20 years. It's been 20 years. years, Yeah, man. The kids grown now. Exactly. You've been in this for quite a while. Yes. And, um, Tell us a little bit about um, your, your your background that got you into finances. Um, so I actually went to college in Memphis, the University of Memphis or Memphis State, depending on your age. Um, and when I finished with Memphis State, I actually got a a bunch of sales jobs. Now, just kind of to circle back, I was always the kid who ended up selling the most oranges or the most pecans in middle school to get the $100 prize. So I had always been around salespeople or rather hustlers and understood that at a very young age. So by the time that I finished with school and of course, studied marketing in school and advertising, that was one of the things that I was most interested in. I loved the commercials while I was growing up watching TV. And they tell you, you know, you do what you love, do what you know. So for me, I went into real estate and I got my real estate license in Memphis. And then I came back to Knoxville to be with my family. And in doing so, I was in I ended up getting recruited for a job as an event coordinator for a financial advisor. In doing so, I of course this was 2002. And my original job description was to set up PowerPoint presentations. It was to um, get out the invitations. It was take reservations. You know, the those little junk mailers that you get that says come to Carabas or come to Ruth Chris and have a lunch and dinner and you'll end up getting this financial presentation. 
well, I was basically the person who was sending that junk out to you. Um, but again, this was 02. So we didn't really have smartphones at the time. So I had to actually sit in the back of the room and listen to the presentation. And once I heard that first presentation, my mind was blown. Like I understood something I had never heard before about retirement, financial planning, taxes, social security, and life insurance. And from there, I was hooked. I ended up surrendering my real estate license and ended up the very next year getting my life insurance license to be a licensed um, assistant. And then from there, from 20, 2013, I was forced, yes, literally forced to get my um, series six and 63 as a financial advisor. And from there, I, I, I just knew this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So here I am. Okay. Well, if someone else wanted to go into this uh, same field, what what would you suggest they do? Um, one, I would suggest you have a good mentor. Now, that was the wonderful thing about me coming into this industry. My financial advisor, she had a PhD in administration. So she loved to teach and she loved to reach people. And she was not one of those people that was over your head. She was very relatable. So I definitely would encourage anybody getting into the industry to find you a mentor who speaks your language, who you can really vibe with and be able to learn and grow. And again, there's also the dynamic of we worked together for 12 and a half years before I started my own practice. So I had the I had the fortune to be able to watch her and what she did and how she ran her practice and how she was engaging with her clients. And I was able to mirror those same ideas and take them into my own practice. Great. Uh, with that being said, you said something that was very informative. Uh, you know, have so can I ask you ask, ahead, ask you about the um the series license? You said that you were yeah. you were forced to get that. Uh, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Certainly. So after about 10 years of working, um, we had moved to a new broker dealer. And with that new broker dealer, um, as I said, I spent a lot of years learning under her. And a lot of my learning process was doing, getting my feet wet, just had doing the applications, doing the filing, um, talking to the different companies. So because I had that experience of actually doing things on the benefit of the financial advisor, they started to realize that the financial advisor wasn't the only one doing the work. <laughs> so with that being the case, we all have been in a situation like that yeah. where, you know, you, your boss, you end up doing their job and you don't necessarily get the recognition and the pay for it. Well, I was really well compensated. So I was very happy with my pay. And the more that I could do for her was the more pay that I got. Um, this new broker dealer, they started to recognize um, she's out of the country and y'all still processing business houseway. <laughs> so with that being the case, they forced me to get licensed and I became a licensed financial advisor in February of 2013. In the Series 6 and 63, it allows you to sell mutual funds, variable life insurance policies. So it was, you know, being able to talk about the large cap, small cap, all of the investment options and really go into it. And it was really um, I, I wasn't necessarily interested in it because it did come with a level of oversight and compliance. Um and that oversight and compliance meant that somebody was always checking every word that you had to say. And I mean, every word between your presentations, you had to give this in that to them and make sure you weren't going to say anything that was inappropriate or fell outside of the scope of financial planning. Um, your advertising, your social media, all of these different things, they were very heavily scrutinized. Yeah. 
Um, so as it went ahead, as we went along, I started learning how to play the game appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> and and um and I was very grateful for the opportunity because I was able to serve more people in a different capacity in a different light. So that was really um, a wonderful time. It was a wonderful time. It was one of those things that they kind of force you to do. Like sometimes you just see these kids nowadays, they don't want to drive cars anymore. And my daughter was like that. So I was a parent. It was like, no, you're going to learn how to drive this car. I'm, I'm so... And that's exactly what they did. You know, you, you know all the mechanics of driving a car. You're just going to drive this car. So right. they forced me to drive the car and I'll never look back on it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you addressed that. Now that you're out on your own, what were some of the uh, stumbling blocks uh, or the, the stressors, the things you go through as an entrepreneur yourself? You want uh, to share? A lot of the biggest stress is becoming known. It's kind of letting people know who you are, what you do. So when it came to financial advising, um, Rick can tell you, I was a single mother, two kids, no child support. Literally, I did not have a whole lot of understanding of financial planning going into this industry. Nothing at all. I mean, you got to think about it. How many people knew a financial advisor when they were 28 years old and had a day on relationship with them where they were seeing a lot of multimillionaires? There was an account minimum of 100000 to just sit down and have a conversation. And oh, two, 250000 when I left in 2015. So that was a a wake up call for me because a lot of people didn't know about financial planning. They didn't know what we did or how we did it. A lot of people have retirement plans or 401ks. They don't understand how they work. They just feel like that that is the end all to beat all. They didn't understand taxes. So really creating the message and letting people know who I was and what I did was one of the first challenges because most people had this idea that you did have to have so many hundreds of thousands of dollars to even talk to a financial advisor. Um, once we were able to really kind of get past that, I had a post that ended up going viral because my 16 year old daughter, she set up a Roth IRA. She came into my office one day. She was still in high school. She was working at Kroger's pushing buggies, a courtesy clerk. And she sat down with me and she said that she wanted to start a Roth IRA. And that was the happiest day of my life. Of course, I'm taking pictures of her and I posted on Facebook and the caption says 16 year old starts a Roth IRA, 21, she can buy a house. And it went crazy. It went all over the country. And I didn't know how to deal with all those people all over the country. So that was a very missed opportunity for me because like I said, my first thing was like, okay, how do I get recognized and let people know what it is that I do and create value for people so they will want to work with me. And then all these flux, influx of people came in and I had no idea what to do about those different challenges. So I kind of took an L on that one. It did, it did help to promote my business um, and I did start getting, gaining a lot more followers. But over the time, I was able to start utilizing other people in the industry to help me to, to grow. So even though I separated from service from my original financial advisor, I still kept mentors and other people around me who gave me guidance and helped me to take steps in the right direction. Well, a, a point you can make out of that too, as well. Any entrepreneur out there plan for success? <laughs> that, that, that was something that you probably didn't, wasn't uh, really planning for because you were probably planning at a capacity of like, this is my workload. I can deal with this. And then boom, you had that big influx of, all right, Let's get the business going. Everybody came to you at one time. You didn't plan for their success. 
Right. So it's, it's kind of hard. I mean, the thing about it, it's kind of hard to, I'll tell you somebody to plan for success. It's kind of hard to, but you always have to have that. What if it goes really well? What should I be doing? You know, as an entrepreneur, you should be thinking about the next step. Like, okay, well, let's, let's say I get a hundred clients call me next week. How will I be able to service them? How can I get the, or gain a trust in business? So those are the things you got to have in mind when you're an entrepreneur, especially in the financial services. Like you said, a lot of people thought, well, I got to have a hundred thousand dollars to sit down and talk to it. And then that meme blew up like, what? 16 year old girl can buy a house at 21 years old. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you found a great marketing tool and uh, just, uh, you know, be ready for that, you know, that success and uh, that blessing in a sense, that blessing, you know, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, a, that's a mega blessing. Like, here you go. Here, all that hard work you've been doing. Here you go. Get ready. Let's go. <laughs> Guy laid it right on your lap. So, but it worked out for you because you said you figured out how to balance it. Uh, utilize the people around you, uh, get some information in, uh, work, get their workload out. Benny, you got any other question? You got I, some I, like that? I, I, I find it, uh, you know, financial planning. I, I definitely find that interesting. Um, and, and I, and I, I understand what you, what you mean by, um, when people are first getting started in, in financial planning, it's the planning part that is difficult. You know, like you said, uh, we, we, we may start jobs that have 401ks or some type of uh, retirement plan. And we just kind of, we kind of just put our money in there and, and based upon what they tell us, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to put money in the 401k, just let it grow and, 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 and go from there. But you know, what, what would you say? What, what is a better approach than just putting your money in a, in a 401k? So the first thing I tell people is pay yourself first, pay yourself often and pay yourself well. You deserve it. So when we start thinking about a lot of times our employers kind of force us to do it, we don't need to look at it as something that we're being forced to do. We need to look at it as a benefit to ourselves. And, and by the true definition of the word, it's an investment. It's an investment in you. So understanding that you got to pay yourself first. Most people don't even want to budget. You know, that's one of the key principles of financial planning. Even before you start budgeting, I would really encourage you to start looking at how much money you can put aside before you pay all your bills. Yes, I said before you pay your bills. And the reason why is because anybody who has a 401k or retirement plan through the job, they would always take the money out of your paycheck before you got it. So you got to take that in consideration. They didn't care what your rent was. They didn't care about your child care. They didn't care about your car note. They were still taking that money out of your paycheck. And if we take some of those same principles and apply them to our day-to-day -day life, go ahead and put two, $300 a week or paycheck aside. So that way you can pay your bills with whatever's left. So often we'll go ahead and out, go out to eat and we'll spend three, $500 eating out. And then we'll say, well, I only have $20 to save. Oh. That's backwards. Yeah. Make sure that you say, let me put two, three hundred up front up front into my investment buckets. And there can be set. I have I believe that there's seven different investment buckets a person should have. So you put your money into your investment buckets first and then you can go out to eat. And maybe it's saying that you go to Applebee's and have two for 20 instead of going to Ruth Chris and having um, ribeyes and cheesecake. So these are the different things where if you can just start trusting yourself with money, I think that's the number one thing about financial planning. Um, number two is really just figuring out where you are. And this is where you might want to talk with. Well, this is where you definitely want to talk with a financial advisor. Find out where you are. The reason why my daughter started a Roth IRA at 16 years old is because she heard us talking about it 
all of her life. Like she was literally three years old when I started this industry. So she was there from the different workshops. I I took her to work with me um, as I was listening to different uh, recordings, podcasts in the cars and things of that nature, traveling, she would be in the car hearing these things. So the the financial education, being able to kind of figure out which bucket or which scenario do you fall in? Because when it comes to financial planning, people are in various different buckets. You've got people who are low income. If you're low income, you don't need to be in a 401k. I said it. I mean, it. I don't even care about the free match. You absolutely need to continue. You need to consider the Roth IRA first because the 401k is more of a tax deduction than it is a retirement vehicle. Again, we in our society, we use it or we have labeled it as a retirement vehicle. But if you go back and look at Ted Bennett, the father of the 401k, he will tell you straight out that it was created to be a reason for the bank executives that he created it for was to use it for a tax deduction. And they only gave us the free match to get us to participate in the program. It was never really for us to be able to use as a retirement vehicle. The Roth IRA came out a few years later. So the 401k came out around 2008. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. It came out around 1978. And then right behind that in the mid 80s is when the Roth IRA came out. Now, the Roth IRA coming out is really imperative because taxes. If you're in a low income bracket and you're getting an income tax refund, you do not need, you do not need I don't, a, a tax deduction. You need to put your money in an investment that works very similar to your 401k. And you don't have to worry about paying taxes when you go to take that money out for the various reasons, whether it be first time home buying, college education for yourself or your kids, um, death, disability, or retirement. So when we start thinking about taxes, putting that type of um, that that extra key factor into the retirement plans. We always tell people, would you rather pay taxes on the seed or the harvest? By that, I mean, you're a gardener, you're a farmer, and you have a whole bunch of seeds, little bitty seeds, and you go and you plant them out into um, onto the land. And would you have rather pay the taxes when the seeds were very little or would you rather pay the taxes on this big harvest that you have now you got corn now you've got potatoes now you've got now you got all of these different assets so you got to pay taxes and this is why you have so many millionaires who complain about taxes now because they didn't realize that they could pay taxes on the seed versus paying taxes on the harvest mind you they got millions but they don't want to spend or give up 20 to 30 percent of their money now that they have amassed a significant allowance a significant amount of wealth. Uh, Did that make sense? It, so, so what you're saying is, is the bigger the harvest, the bigger the tax <laughs> that you that you have. more money, more problems. More money, more problems. <laughs> you know, and that's amazing. I didn't know that. I, I mean, well, I knew that part, but I, I, I didn't know that. You know, you you would suggest someone in a lower income bracket to go that direction. I, I, I would have thought it would have been the other way, but man, that's good information right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can start managing your Roth IRA first and then say, you know, hey, I've got an opportunity to put money into a 401k because the 401k will let you put more money into it. But that goes back to my first thing about paying yourself first. You got to get in the habit of paying yourself first without being forced. 
Like we really have to recognize it's almost like you have to get up every morning and decide that you're going to take a shower without somebody telling you to, because you know that it's going to be the best thing for you when you go out into the streets and deal with people. So if you take that same thing and say, well, let me go ahead and start putting this money aside. My daughter, yeah, she was the daughter of a financial advisor, but she was putting her $50 a month in there. If not, she would have spent that money eating out, getting her nails done, getting her air, you know, buying clothes, all these things that will never have a return on the investment. Okay. Also, uh, what would you tell someone that's looking to diversify, you know, their savings or their investments? Um, so I, of course, talk about the seven different accounts that I believe every everybody should have, every adult should have. Um, one, you need to have your checking and savings. You don't get a great rate of return on your checking and savings, but your checking account is primarily for using it to pay your bills. Your savings account is that money that we put aside to be used in the next 12 to 13 months. So typically we refer to that as an emergency fund or if something should happen fund. But, and I, you know, a lot of people have split up their emergency fund and their savings account just so they can say, be buying a car is not an emergency. I can use my money in the savings account to use that for a down payment on a car or a house. But being able to have a certain set of money aside for, I think COVID really helped bring that into light. Those emergency funds ain't nothing to play with. You definitely need to keep some money off to the side in case you are involuntarily retired. And that happens to a lot of people because of sickness, injuries, family situations, moving. So those are the first couple of accounts that I believe that people should have. Um, of course, I believe you should have your Roth IRA. And then from your Roth IRA, as your income starts to increase, then you start looking into a um, SEP IRA if you're self-employed or 401k. So you can be able to use that for the tax deduction because now you're in a higher income bracket and you can take advantage of the reason why the account was originally established. Um, the annuities is something that I absolutely love. It was a time where, and I think both you gentlemen can appreciate the pension plans where you get a guaranteed check for the rest of your life. Um, with those, a lot of our parents who maybe worked on the railroad or were postal service workers or teachers, they all had retirement plans that their employer put money into it that when they go to retirement age, they get a check for the rest of their life. And the other thing about it that is so critical is the client didn't end up managing those. They were professionally managed. So that also goes to, they had someone who was a professional who was handling a set of money for you that you knew was never going to run out. And yes, it was considered a little bit more conservative. I know typically we always are told, well, you're young, you can be aggressive. That's not always true. The first investment that people always have is usually that annuity or that pension plan that is a very conservative investment that ensures that slow and steady wins the race instead of you just trying to become a millionaire overnight and you never understood how money worked. Um, what was that? That was three, um, four, it's cash value life insurance. We've heard the commercials where you're growing up and it says, have you started saving for your kid's college education? Why, yes, we have a Gerber Grow Up plan. Having that Cash value life insurance policy is one of my favorite investment vehicles because it lets you take the money out for any reason and you get a better rate of return than the bank. So um, I do a lot of work on TikTok and you're starting to see a whole lot of people who are coming out talking about infinite banking, bank on yourself, uh, private reserve banking. I call it the vision vault because it allows people to get a better rate of return and in the, on their money without having to wait 20 and 30 years to use it. 
So that's one of the investment vehicles where you can have it still as a conservative vehicle or you can have it to be matched with the S&P 500. So the same way that the S&P 500 would have Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Tesla inside of your 401k or your Roth IRA mutual fund accounts, you can also have that inside of your life insurance plan. And I know a lot of people are using Robinhood and different things to buy stocks now, which I do believe brokerage accounts is one of the seven accounts that you should have. But take into consideration, anybody who's done that, they've gotten a bunch of 1099s. They are getting these forms that says that they have to turn around and pay that T word taxes. And it's eating away. I I just heard one of some tax preparer said she was charging people extra money to go through all of those day trading um, 1099s that people had because literally it was like 82 pages of additional tax forms that the it takes the CPA, the tax preparer, much longer to be able to process those. So that's not necessarily one of the most advantageous investments. I do believe in stocks. Absolutely. My grandkids have stocks. But I definitely encourage people to make sure that they have them set up in the right buckets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do my own taxes. And, and um, this year was the first time I saw that, too, uh, with the with the crypto and, and everything. And um, I, I wonder I, I did wonder what was the what was the consequences of all of that trading. And, and I knew mm-hmm. the government was going to was going to get their share. You know, a lot of money was. Uh, a lot of money was made with those. So, so what is your what what is your opinion when it comes to the Bitcoin or the cryptocurrencies uh, in general? It should be no more than five to ten percent of your portfolio. Yeah, I, I, it's okay for you to have it. It's just not where I want people to put a majority of their money. Yeah. So, get your feet wet, start to understand it. But you got to remember this. Mm, I'm gonna say it. So. When we are usually talking about, oh, we want to get on the ground floor of an investment, it's very aggressive. And depending on your background or dynamic that you came from, a lot of us don't have that much money to play with. But we don't want to miss out. That FOMO really hurts us over the long haul because we tend to say, oh, man, I wish I had a coulda, woulda, shoulda. But we do still have to be cognizant of what our current financial situation is. We have to know that I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself, my mom, my grandkids. Like I don't have as much money as someone who may have grew up in a different culture or has a lot more financial security. You know, they may be second or third generation wealthy. They can afford to put way more money into a crypto position. Whereas a lot of us who may just be the first generation wealth creators, we definitely have to be wise about our investments. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I'm sorry, man. I'm loving her conversation. I truly am. I'm over here just soaking it up. Thank you. Um, Because, because you know, these things are on my mind. It's it's on it's on my wife's mind. We do care about, uh, like what you said. You know, our parents uh, work jobs that they got uh, annuities from or or uh, pensions from, and that's going away. And a lot of companies, even while we were transitioning out of the military, the military was was one of those institutions that promoted a pension. They used it at we, we even use it as a selling point when recruiting. Mm-hmm. And then we started moving away from that. And where we started moving towards were was, uh, uh, you know, putting putting our money in the 401k or the thrift savings plan, which isn't a 401k. It's a 
I'm sorry. What, what, what is it, David? It, it's a it's a four hundred three or something. It's a four hundred three b, a four hundred one k, a four hundred one a, a four fifty seven plan, a thrift savings account, a cash balance pension plan. All of those are still the same. They are pre tax investment vehicles. Yeah, and 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 so I knew to start investing in that, but it took me a minute to figure out how to diversify that account. Um, but again, it's, 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 it's a lot of information that is out here when it comes to, to, um, investing for the future. And, you know, we need, a lot of us need, uh, a financial planner to help us out because, you know, we, we, we're trying to run businesses. We're trying to take care of families. We're trying to do whatever profession that, that we put a lot of energy into and finances is another job in itself. So we need professionals like yourself, knowledgeable professionals like yourself to help us out. Absolutely. And I appreciate that because as many times as people, they want to go at it on them on their own and they say, I, it's my money. I know how to make my money. I know how to spend my money. <laughs> I've heard every little cliche under the sun, I promise you. Um, but the reality of it is I tell my clients all the time, just bring me into the game like a coach. And as that, I'm going to help you to tweak your vertical. I'm going to help you to shave a couple of seconds off your time. And that's going to make your money go a little bit longer. We're going to look at your unique situation. We're going to talk about what your concerns and your goals are. Your concerns, Benny, are different from someone who is 30 years old. Um, as so, Ricky, your concerns are different from somebody who's 60 years old. So taking that into consideration, we have to place you in the right investment buckets and make sure that we're doing the best thing to keep you moving forward, whether you are W-2 or 1099. And with that being said, also, if someone wanted to contact you to talk further about the finances, how can they reach you? So you can reach me on my website, which is lifevisionsolutions.com. Or my favorite version of it is IamWealthyNow.com because I do believe in um, the affirmations. <laughs> so you can always go to the website. There's a contact us button and it'll allow you to schedule an appointment with me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we have appointments for annuities. One of my favorite things is to set up Roth IRA annuities. Um, if people are in the military, they're listening to this, they, can, they already have a Roth IRA annuity. They don't even know it yet, which is essentially that disability check, that VA disability check. Did you get every month for the rest of your life and don't have to pay taxes on it? See, I love setting those up for people because people who know, they know that is one of the best checks that you can have come in no matter where you are in your life. So love setting up those Roth IRA annuities. There's a space for that. There's a space for setting up the Vision Vault or the Generational Wealth Life Insurance Policies, um, as well as just doing a quick 15-minute quote for somebody who's like, I just need some life insurance. I think what life insurance is so very important because that was one of the things that we were not even allowed in the 60s. We had very small policies. We weren't necessarily allowed $100,000 policies. Um, like we are now. So that made a huge difference in the amount of generational wealth that we were able to pass on to our kids to give them um, good solid foundation to stand on and move forward with and be more aggressive because they actually had a better um, safety net to fall back on, setting up trust and different things of that nature, um, as well as investment and retirement plans. I do a stock one-on-one -on -one class where I sit down and I talk with people about what they need to know about stocks. I take it from a baby, a very baby step approach. So we can know where we start, 
which brokerage accounts to use, how to be able to set these things up and move forward with them appropriately instead of just seeing something on social media and just throwing your money at an investment because you heard somebody else had it and you got to go at it on your own. You really didn't get someone who is going to be there with you to you know help you answer questions and be able to um, brainstorm. And like I said before, mentors. I love mentors. That's one of the best things about it. And retirement planning. I, mean, I sit down with somebody and look at their financial plan and say, okay, well, this is what it looks like. This is how long you can be in retirement comfortably. And this is how much money you'll be able to receive in retirement. And this is where you're going to go broke. That is a lot of information and for everybody <laughs> for everybody, you know, and actually, it's a good thing this recorded. You can just yeah, go back exactly. and hit <laughs> Exactly. But with that being said, we'll actually want to have you back on again uh to kind of compartmentalize some of those uh topics that you were talking about. So that way this is used as a tool, uh not just for us, but as for other people, the people listening to grow from. Because you did some you said something very important, generational wealth. We didn't have those opportunities in the past. We do now. So why not take advantage of that? So why wouldn't we bring you back on the show to have more people learn from you? And then at the same time, you get more customers. We're getting more exposure. And then everybody's winning in this situation. But we would like to thank you uh, for coming on the show today. Benny, would you like to say anything? I appreciate you gentlemen for having me and for taking the time to listen to my financial gospel. It definitely means the world to me that people do make the best possible financial decisions. I'm not trying to get rich off of each and every person. I generally do love what I do. And I can, of course, talk about this for hours and hours and hours, like the song says. So um, I welcome the opportunity to come back and really pour in as much value as I can so it can help us move forward in the next stages of our financial lives. Absolutely. We're definitely yeah. having you back. I mean, you you got a lot of information <laughs> right here. You do. Yeah, you do. Exactly. And, and uh, yes. We look forward to it. We look forward to it. Perfect. You got any Perfect. final thoughts, Ricky? Uh, as usual, you know, this is for the greater good. Uh, this show is, uh, this is for helping everybody out. You know, take the, the tools that we provide for you, uh, implement them in your life. And I appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for coming in. Bye. Have a nice day. Keep Bye. Bye.